We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. It does not matter your zip code. It does not matter your financial status. None of that matters because what's for you will be for you. But when you have people that are surrounding you, especially in the school setting, and they're letting you know, hey, you can do this. We got your back. I believe in you. Those are things that will make or break a kid. But those things that I just said, they made me. They made me who I am today and who I will make other kids become. It just means the world to me to be in this position and to become, you know, what my teachers were to me for somebody else. Dr. Chris Jones here, and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thought dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Javonda Tucker is currently an assistant principal with Dinwiddie County Public Schools. Prior to becoming an assistant principal, Javonda was a special education teacher at the school where she currently works. Along with holding a master's degree in education administration, she also holds a master's degree in criminal justice. Javonda is also the proud mother of a 12-year-old son. I'm really excited about talking to Javonda today on the podcast because with her background of special education, criminal justice, assistant principal, we're going to have a great conversation. So welcome, Javonda. Thank you. So I'm going to start right off the bat with asking you, what area are you most passionate about in education? Well, since the pandemic, my one area that I'm most passionate about is social emotional learning, not just for our students, but for our teachers and other building staff as well. I lost during the pandemic. I lost both of my grandparents who raised me from birth four days apart from COVID. And so that has definitely changed. It changed my life. It really, really has. And so, and then I've had students who have lost parents as well, staff members who have lost family members. And so at such a time as this, it kind of, we have to like sit aside from the curriculum and we have to make sure that the people that walk inside our schools, our students and our staff, that they have what they need. And we have to do our check-ins with them because, you know, we are all battling things, whether we talk about it or not. And so, you know, I love those check-ins, being able to go to my students and to my staff to see what it is that I can do and what areas I can help them in. Thanks for that. And first, I the first thing I want to say is I, I am 
so sorry. My condolences. I didn't realize that about you with your grandparents. I'm I'm very sorry to hear that. SEL. That's boy. That's a term that a lot of people throw around these days, and they started to throw it around a little bit before COVID. But I'm wondering if you could give us some examples about what you mean when you talk about SEL for your staff, because all too often, you know, I mean, mindful minute stuff like that. That stuff's great, but. SEL needs to be something that's more embedded in an ongoing process rather than a one-off thing. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? So for me, it looks different for each individual that I encounter, whether it be one of my students or one of my staff members. But I pride myself on knowing, you know, the people that I get to serve alongside each day, whether it be my students or my staff. For my students, the academic achievement part, you know, some of my young people, they work better if they come to my office and they sit down and they do their work here. Some of them, I will take, I will take the classroom to them. It's just, it's really about meeting them where they are and seeing what they need, because I'm a big believer in that people want to know that you care before they care about what you know. So if I have to work hard to identify, you know, things that help them manage stress, the cope, um, self-awareness, then, you know, I have to get real creative because they may have, they may deal with the same issues. However, with knowing the individual, I have to tailor my approach to that particular person. And and that makes a lot of sense. And I think about if we if we back it up a little bit away from students to staff, um, it sounded like you were working around that castle model, first of all, with the with the self-awareness and coping and things like that. Um, By your smile, I can tell that. Yes, that's the other piece is when you're talking, you're really talking about knowing the individual and relationships, but almost kind of like on a deeper level. Do you have any tricks or stories about how that played out with you getting to know your teachers in that way. I mean, that's a big thing to understand. It's almost like the other piece, the love language is right about how you praise people and things like that and what they work with. But how do you do that with teachers knowing or help knowing them well enough to help them work on their self-awareness, help them work with their coping? So the first thing is to be transparent. I can't tell, I can't give you advice or give you some kind of encouragement if I don't do that for myself. You know, like I said, during the pandemic, life turned upside down for me. And so I really had to step away from the Miss Tucker role and become, you know, just be Javonda. And so I had to find things that work for me. But going in the classroom, sitting down at the lunch, at the cafeteria table, talking to them, um, Asking them about things that are not even school related. How is your family? How are the kids? Vacation spots, just random things like that, because I know what they do here. I see them do great things every single day, but it's truly about knowing them outside of their role. Something really important you said, you were talking about how much you know them and, and you know maybe their dreams and things like that. Have you ever done an activity around a bucket list and having them create a bucket list? I have not, but that's a good idea. It, this is something, and I can't take credit for this. This is, um, I got this via Danny Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools Mastermind, where you have the staff create a bucket list or turn in a bucket list to you. And then depending on, obviously depending on what the bucket list is, if their bucket list is to write a book, you see how you can support them in accomplishing that or moving towards that goal. If it's travel, obviously you can't buy a ticket for somebody (laughs) and send them someplace. So maybe you send them pictures or you send them reminders about, Hey, you know, are you working towards this or, or things like that? But that just makes me think about the idea of really getting to know people are different ways that you can actually make that occur or make that happen. I love it. 
so, you know, you, you talk about SEL for everyone. And the first start is knowing yourself. Now that, that could be taken in a bunch of different ways, but I think it's a powerful thing to be honest with yourself. Could you explain a little more what you mean about that? Well, it means to, to know exactly what is that you need. You know, every day in this job, I'm always asking someone else, what do you need? What do you need? What can I help you with? But also it goes back to self because you cannot pour from an empty glass. So you have to make sure that you have what you need to go through the day because believe it or not, people are counting on you. And the way that people count on me, I need to count on myself just as much. So in other words, if you don't, if you don't know how you work best, you can't, there's no way to help other people work best. So let's look at it this way. Um, Transparency, SEL, what would your perfect or ideal school look like for students and teachers? Wow. The same things that I would want for my staff, I mean, for my students, I would want the same way for my, for my students as well and my teachers. Innovation, you know, taking the limits off of where you can learn, like go beyond the classroom, real life application, engaging, but also giving the teachers the tools, the resources, the technology piece to bring all of those great lessons that they do, bring them to life. Just showing them that learning can occur on the football field as much as it can occur in the classroom. Being okay to take risk, setting teachers and students up for opportunities to be successful. Providing those professional developments so that, you know, if you want to go from the classroom to to being an administrator, that we're putting you in a position to win and become just that. Now, how does I find this interesting? I had mentioned this before the show, a lot of putting people in positions to be successful. How does your special ed background play into that? And I know you've done that with students a lot. And you know, something like special ed, it's got to be, it's got to be individualized, right? It's got to be to what that student needs because you know the student. How does your background and your skill set in that area help you as an assistant principal do that for teachers? Well, I will say I'm always a teacher at heart. (laughs) There you go. I, I am. I am. But, you know, being a special education teacher, we had to create a learning plan that tailored and met the needs of that particular student. So with that, with years and years of experience doing that and given the accommodations and the service hours and things like that, you just do the same thing for your for the people that you get to serve alongside every single day. But it truly goes back to knowing the person that's sitting in front of you, beside you. You know, that's really, really important. As a special education teacher, you have to know, or any teacher, you have to know the young people that sit in your classroom. You have to know them beyond SOL scores. You have to know them beyond what they made on your English benchmark. You have to know them beyond what you see in the classroom. So you have to know teachers beyond what they get on those written evaluations. Absolutely. 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 You, I'm, I'm big on trying to put them in a position to always win. So if you go in there, you see, hey, they kind of struggle with classroom management. Okay, well, let me give you some ideas of, you know, some things that I found to be successful for me or, you know, asking them, you know, from their standpoint, like, how do you think it's going? Because I don't want to go in there and change it, but I want to work alongside you to give you the tools and resources that you need so that your classroom continues to run smoothly, but also you feel empowered as the teacher of the classroom. Right. Because nobody comes to work wanting to do a bad job, right? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, you're right. So, and if you're if you're empowered to be able to make those changes on your own with the suggestions of an administrator such as yourself, then it all plays out a little more. I would even argue that that makes you a more engaged educator as well. Do you have? Can you think of any time where you where that worked with a teacher for you, where? You ran across something where a teacher was having some issues, maybe, and you took that approach. I call it, I call it more of a coaching approach than an evaluating approach, where you took that approach with a teacher and it worked out. So, in a previous district of mine, um, I had a, you know, it was a first year teacher, and she had some issues with classroom management. And prior to going into um, the public school, I worked at an alternative school as a special education teacher. So I had I worked with students who had emotional disabilities and things like that. So I had to get real creative in my practices and how I just did really everything. And so um, in this teacher, we were at the elementary level, but I was able to just give her some ideas about how to not go back and forth with the young person, you know, pulling them out of the room to have that one-on-one conversation, but even turning the tables. And what I mean by that is, you know, she had a kid that was going, that was upset and, you know, screaming and things like that. And then I immediately, um, went and started talking about the young person's shoes. And so they forgot that they were mad. And we started talking about shoes because I had on some sneakers that day and the student was like, wait a minute, what? And so it stopped, but just random things like that. It helps to build um, the relationship, but it also gives you a moment where everybody is calm and we can come back and revisit the situation. So turning the tables. Yeah. And now that works with teachers as well, you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there's probably different topics you can talk about or more topics you can talk about than you, than you could or you should with students, right? Yeah. So have you had any, so talk to me a little bit more about that. You had that first year teacher, you kind of used that idea of turning the tables to help them out with classroom management, provided some resources. And, and what did that look like afterwards? So the teacher implements these resources, I'm thinking, walk me through how, how it works out going forward. And so after that, I also, so during this time, I was actually um, teaching autism. So I had, she came to, to see me in action. And so she kind of saw the things that I had in place, you know, being consistent, staying with the agenda, but also making sure that everything on my lesson plan, it was tailored to every student in my classroom. Um, so it was like a nice flow of things. Students really love consistency. They want to know exactly from the time they get in until the time they leave. So this is what's happening in here. We are learning. We're having a good time. So um, after the observation, we kind of sat down and she's like, oh my goodness, how did you do that? But again, it takes time. You know, I didn't get it right my first year. You know, I learned some things, but I always ask myself, what could I, what can I do better? Always looking to, to be better than I was the day before. And so after that, um, after the observation, you know, she had me to come back and visit her classroom, but you could see that she had definitely improved with the relationship and in education that is big relationships before rigor, grace before grades. You know, it, it's really the relationship part. If you do not have a relationship with the young people or the teachers in your building, you are putting, you're setting yourself up for, you know, a year to fail. When you have, when relationships are at the center of everything that you do, everything else will align. I've seen it. I live by it. It is so, it is so true. It is so true. When you lead from your heart and you lead with grace, everything will be it will be fine. It really will. That's awesome. I think I just got some goosebumps from that last, like that three minutes that you were saying that. 
That is so true. And, you know, for all the listeners, you mentioned a few things in there. I mean, you, you wrapped it up with relationships, but you mentioned a couple of big words that we use a lot and that we talk about a lot. We talk about modeling, right? So for, for that teacher to be helped, the teacher needed to see you model. Now, in this case, it happened to be you, but that doesn't mean it can't be another teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We also talked about reflecting, you know, where can I get better and things like that. Now, just the idea that you mentioned reflecting from just from the jump on your own without me saying anything about it. Do you have any key ways that you reflect or strategies that you use to help reflect? Because it's, you know, I I love to say, you know, go sit in a room and say, okay, so I didn't do that good today. How can I get better? That's not easy for a lot of people. And they need to figure out a strategy or two. Do you have any strategies you can offer or help leaders that can then offer them to teachers? Well, I will say that in this county, I have been blessed to have an amazing superintendent. She is amazing. Dr. Carrie Weston is amazing. But also the admin team that I get to serve along with every single day. You know, we're we're just we're just really, really tight. Um, if I feel like I haven't done something correctly, if I, you know, want some ideas and things like that, I go to them. I even ask my teachers, you know, because that feedback is so important to me because if I make a mistake, I want to be able to learn from that and move forward. I journal a lot as well. That really, you know, that really helps me (laughs) journaling as well, but also um, seeking professional development in the areas that I think that, you know, I need to benefit from. Awesome. So, so journaling, talk to me a little bit about that. Do you journal at night, in the morning, both? <laughs> both, to be honest, it just depends. You know, there are sometimes, you know, I come to my office and I'm like, okay, take a deep breath, Javonda. And then, you know, I have like some scriptures on my, um, on my computer here. So I kind of just look at it real quick to get myself together. And I have a motivational calendar on my desk. And it's a quote, it's a, um, a quote for every day of the every day of the year. And so I look at that. So it helps me go or whatnot. But sometimes even if I'm in the classroom, I'm like, Hey, write myself a note. Like it's going to be a great day. Focus on what you can change. No stress, no worries, things like that. And it helps. Cool. Now I have to ask you, you mentioned that motivational quote on your desk. You're at your desk. What's today's? We're going to give some people some motivation. (laughs) It says, God does not ask your ability or your inability. He asked only for your availability. There's a lot that somebody can take from that. And that has to do, man, I <laughs> I kind of feel bad about myself now because I was just thinking you were talking about journaling, right? And every once in a while, I'll be sitting there and I'll say, you know what? I got to write that down really quick. Oh, I've got this other thing I got to do and I'll go run and do it and I'll forget it. And then if I go back to journal later, I won't because I'm not available. Yeah. So, hmm, so we have to make ourselves more available, right? You do. And you, you know, and in, in education, even like in the past couple of years, like you have to find ways to keep yourself motivated and encouraged. Um, we had a, um, a grade level meeting today and I was telling my, you know, my team, I said, you know, I have to be transparent with you. So I went to a couple of things with them. I said, by the end of the day, we were made for this. And so even in the, the hardest of hard times, you know, we have to go back to, to the why. Why did I become an administrator? Why did I become involved in education? And so it kind of helps put things back into perspective and kind of give you that that push that you need. Awesome. I, you know, I've got all this running through my head about the idea of being made for this, journaling, and these, these super important things that you're talking about. And 
what I want to do is I want to come back after a quick break from the sponsors. And I've got a, an interesting question. I think it's going to be interesting to answer too. I'm going to ask you what your superpower is. <laughs> and so then we'll be right back to hear your answer to that. Today's podcast is brought to you by Better Leaders, Better Schools, who put out a great newsletter every Sunday called The Weekend Resource. This newsletter provides incredible value, sharing tremendous leadership resources from across a variety of resources. And I personally love the inspiring quote at the end of each weekend resource because I can use it with my staff. Subscribe by visiting betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash weekend resource. I use Anchor to distribute the Seeing to Lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place, offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Okay, and we're back with Javonda. And, you know, she she gets going on some stuff and, and really brings a lot of those good words out about reflecting, relationships, modeling, and the idea that we were made for this. And that kind of, that kind of brings me to the question I want to ask. Javonda, what's your superpower? Oh, um, so... Professionally, I think my superpower is the ability to know at least one fact about or something that's not school related about the students and the staff in the building. Students and staff? Yes. All right. So that messed up my next question. I was going to ask you how we would know that, but clearly we would know that because in if anybody watched you interact with a student or a staff member, they'd realize that you know something more about them that's not school related. So that begs another question, though. How do you do that? Again, I'm, I'm visible. I am visible. I am where my young people are. And that is in the hallways, in the classrooms, in the gym, in the art room, in the computer class. You, I, am, I am where they are. But I also uh, make it a habit to like my some of my students play sports. So I'm going to basketball games, football games. Um, if they do something in their churches, I'm, I'm going there. You have to, like, I, I make it a, a point to to support them in the things they do outside of school as well, because it truly takes a village. And, you know, when you're sitting in the stands and your kid looks, your student looks up and they see you like that does something to them. And then they come over and give you a hug. Like, I love all of that. And so teachers, how do you get that done with teachers? Do you do surveys? Do you? So again, that's just a lot through conversation or going in their room. You see a lot of them have pictures of their families and things like that. If I noticed they went to a, a particular, particular college and then I send stuff out for like favorite soda, candy bar. So I can kind of leave them treats throughout the week, um, throughout the year. Um, just, you know, just various things to get, get to know them. Yeah, you got to get the favorites down. The favorites yeah, are definitely absolutely. key. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I have a, a hunch, but how does all of this tie into your why? Why Why do you do what you do? Why did you get into education? So I tell people that I actually, I fell into education. So prior okay. to becoming um, 
a special education teacher, I was doing like in-home counseling and things like that. I've always worked with at-risk youth. Um, so there I was putting my criminal justice degree <laughs> to youth. Um, but then I end up with a job at an alternative um, day school for students with, you know, who had special education, who received special education services. And so they paid for me to go to school. And so I end up, I just fell in love with it. But with special education, you know, it's just a, a special, a special place. You know, um, growing up, I didn't come from the best of the best, but my grandparents, they made sure that they gave me the absolute best they could. They did not allow my circumstances nor my situation to stop anything that that I've done. You know, um, they set the tone and they they didn't allow us to feel sorry for ourselves. And so my grandma and my grandpa always told me that I could be whatever I wanted to be. And then when I went to school, I had teachers that poured so much life into me. And so when I became, when I, you know, after high school and all things like that, even in college, just, you know, the amount of people that I had around me and the support, I wanted to be that for some, for the next Javonda that came, you know, came my way. Like, it does not matter your zip code. It does not matter your financial status. None of that matters because what's for you will be for you. But when you have people that are surrounding you, especially in the school setting, and they're letting you know, hey, you can do this. We got your back. I believe in you. Those are things that will make or break a kid. But those things that I just said, they made me. They made me who I am today and who I will make other kids become. It's just, you know, it just it just means the world to me to be in this position and to become, you know, what my teachers were to me for somebody else. That has got to be one of the best answers I've ever heard to asking somebody their why. You are just passing along the things that you found yourself blessed enough to have in your life. That's awesome. So... It almost, I mean, we're getting close to the end of the podcast. It almost bleeds right into the question that one of the final questions I have for you. And that's if you were not an educator, who, not what would you be? So just talks like this um, and just being really big on motivating others and being, you know, someone who likes to empower others. Because I truly believe that empowered leaders empower leaders. So I would say Sarah Jakes Roberts, she is a pastor. Her dad's this big old mega pastor, but she's a pastor as well. But she also is an author. She's a motivational speaker. She is someone who truly gets me through some of the my rough days, you know, and I listen to her on the way to work. Her messages are just always on time. And she's always talking about like uplifting people, how to use your challenges for, you know, just whatever you have going on, not to be defeated by that, you know, just breaking forth and not, you know, through even through your breakthroughs, just breaking forth. And so you know, she's amazing. She is amazing. So I'm hearing that you'd be a motivational speaker. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Awesome. Have you done anything towards that? Have you been to any conferences or, cause I could totally see you <laughs> as a motivational speaker. No, seriously, you have, you have a story to tell and you tell it so well and it's shaped so much of who you are. Any, are we going to be looking for Javonna Tucker on the speaker circuit? I, I hope so. I'm, I really, really hope so. I just really want to, you know, who best to tell your story, but you, you know, like don't be, a, don't be afraid to tell your story because guess what? Somebody else is probably waiting to hear the same thing. And because they know that you made it, they, they're, you know, they probably will be like, okay, I can make it too. So 
I share it. I'm not ashamed of anything that I've ever gone through. I, I think that my story has played such a major part into who I've become. And so, again, I just want to make the way for the next little Javonis that come after me. There you go. You know, you said something that made me think of another speaker, author, Brene Brown. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I, I could listen to Brene Brown all day long. Now, you, um, she talks about shame. And um, you said you're not ashamed of anything that happened or anything like that because it shaped who you are. Sometimes we're dealing with teachers or leaders run into teachers that feel that shame, right? They've, they've fallen down before. They're scared to fail again. How do we as leaders reach those teachers and help them shed that shame? So the first thing is to always be transparent um, in moments when, you know, when an opportunity presents itself, if I've been in that particular situation, I'll go ahead and tell them how it happened to me because you don't want them to think that they're in it by themselves, but I always start with how can I help you? Uh, we are in this together. Um, I have your back. And so when they see it from that approach, they're more likely to be receptive to what you to what you know and the things that you can offer them. Um, you know, there are there are things that we, you know we all battle, and sometimes it's hard to ask for help. But when you truly have a leader that is willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work alongside you, it makes the difference. So get right in the trenches with people. Absolutely. And and being authentic, you know, that's such a, and, and imagine this, Brene Brown talks about that too, being authentic in a way that isn't like over the top, just being authentic, admitting your mistakes, owning them, and then moving forward with that so that people, and you said this too, so that people see somebody else has gone through that and that they've overcome it and so that they can overcome it as well. Absolutely. Perfect. My last question in the podcast. This is where you're going to drop all this wisdom on everybody listening to the podcast. <laughs> What's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to better support, engage, and empower their teachers? I know you only asked for one, but I really have two that really helped me. It's um, your show. Say it all. It's not. It's not. <laughs> so the first thing is do not lead from your office or you cannot lead a school from your office. The people that you're responsible with, you're responsible for. They have to see you. They have to see you, whether it be the cafeteria workers, the custodians, the, the school secretary, the school counselor. They have to see you. Be visible. Be visible so that you know exactly what's happening in your building. The second piece is you have to listen in order to lead. As the assistant principal, I don't know it all. I don't know it all. So yes, when it's time to make decisions about anything here, I go to my teachers, I go to my school counselor. You have to listen. You have to even go to my students because if I'm going to do something that is going to impact them, I want to know, hey, what do you think about this? And when you approach them and you ask them for their opinions, they're like, wow, like my opinion matters to her because they, they do. They really do. And the more you do that, the more they actually come to you with their opinions. Absolutely. You end up finding out a lot. Yeah. I have a question for you, another question, because when you said you have to listen to lead, that's a reoccurring theme I heard, but I want your thoughts on this one because somebody else on this show said to me once that if you want to be a good leader, you have to learn how to be a good follower. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I'm big on, uh, I'm big on leadership. I am big on serving too, because if you cannot serve, you cannot lead. You, you, you can, you cannot. 
I, I know a lot of people use the word leader, but for me, I always say serve, serve, because I'm here to serve. I'm here to roll up my sleeves, serve alongside the school staff, serve alongside them. And then when they when they see you do things like that, it's easy for them to to follow your lead because they see you doing the same thing that you're asking them to do. It makes all the difference. Well, Javonda, you said some some really good things and hit a lot of a lot of common themes that leaders need to hear and need to understand better to become the best leader that they can possibly be. If people want to follow up with you or hear more, what's a good way they can reach out and get in touch with you? Well, I am on Twitter. I am. You can follow me on Twitter at Javonda Tucker. Um, Twitter has been the best. That's the only social media I have. I have LinkedIn as well. But Twitter has been a blessing to my life. My former principal, um, Chuck Moss, he um, encouraged me to do that. And so I've been able to network with so many amazing educators. And so I really use that to kind of send inspirational um, messages out, to kind of connect with other people, to kind of see what they're doing, but also to share the story here at Dinwiddie Middle School. There are some amazing things that are happening in this building, but also in this county. And who better to tell your story than you? So yes, Twitter. Awesome. I am. Uh, I'd be surprised if people don't reach out and and check you out on Twitter to see what you're what you're sharing about. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, Javana, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I've really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social Social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.